Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We have a bookstore in the church because some folks need to buy Christian stuff. Did you hear me? Some folks need to put some Christian stuff in the house. Some folks need to put some Christian stuff, music in their CD player, in their iPod. Okay, I don't go there. I won't go there. Okay. So we have a bookstore and we have a cafe that it might be a blessing to people. And you should also understand, because we are a church and the bookstore and the cafe is located in the church, we don't have the overhead that Starbucks has. And we don't have the overhead that Family Christian Bookstore has. Therefore, we can sell all of our items at a much cheaper price. So actually, you buy a Bible here, here's a cheap plug. You buy a Bible here, you will get it cheaper than you get it out there. You buy a cup of coffee here, you will get it cheaper than you will get it at Starbucks because we don't have to mark up the price. God does not have a problem with transaction in the church. The problem Jesus was having was that the people were being taken advantage of in the church and the leaders who were supposed to be leading the people to God and introducing people to God and helping people to understand who God is and clearing the way so people could come to God were hindering people by ripping them off. Do you understand? And that's why he turned over the tables and money changers. It is also interesting, get this, that many scholars believe that these shepherds who were watching the sheep in the field, that this field was located right near the temple. So then those sheep that they were raising, the ones without spot or blemish, were being raised like right next door. And so these temple people would just go and get a bunch of sheep or the shepherd would just bring them over and they would be being sold at an exorbitant amount of money. So God doesn't have a problem with transaction in the church. He has a problem with people being taken advantage of. I do find it also interesting, saints, listen to this. I find it interesting, as I said, that these shepherds, to be the same shepherds that provided the temple with its lambs for sacrifice. But I also find it interesting, get this, that the guys who took care of the lambs, the shepherds, the, guy who, the guys who took care of the lambs that were to be sacrificed, were the first ones to see the Lamb of God that was to be sacrificed. Things that make you go, Hmm, these shepherds who were raising lambs to be sacrificed were the first ones to see the sacrificial lamb, Jesus. Another thing I find interesting is that although these shepherds had a very bad reputation among the people, Jesus himself comes along and in John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. I find it interesting that Jesus would call himself a shepherd. Even though shepherds had a really bad reputation, 
Jesus said, I am the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep. Let's move forward. Point number two, the shepherd's reverence. Go ahead and look at verse nine in your Bibles again. So the angel shows up and the angel says what angels always say when they show up. Search the Bible every time. Whenever angels show up anywhere, the very first thing out of their mouth is fear not. Why? Because if an angel shows up in your bedroom, can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you, if an angel show up in my bedroom, first thing that's going to happen, what? I'm going to freak out and start fighting. No, I'm just kidding. You're going to be fearful. So the angel shows up and he says, he says, fear not. And these, 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 these shepherds, they obviously had a, a reverence and a respect as they listened to uh, what the angel had to tell them. Point number three, let's move forward. The shepherds, real good news. Look at verse 10 through 12 again in your Bibles. Notice the angel says, you don't need to fear because I'm coming to you to bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people today in the city of David, a savior. Would you underline that in your Bible? A savior has been born. Christ underlined that. The Lord underlined that. I have you underline that because what we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is a triple title for Jesus. Savior. He will save people from their sins. Christ means anointed one. You might want to write that down. And Lord speaks of the divine nature, the Redeemer, the Messiah, Yahweh. It's good news and great joy for all people. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad about it that he says it's for all people? Are you glad about it? For all folks. Not for some. Not for a certain caste. Not for a certain group. Not for those who live on the right side of tracks, but it's good news. It's great news for all people that God, listen to me, would leave his throne in heaven and take on flesh and become a man and to live on this earth and to walk among the disciples for three and a half years and then to go to the cross That's good news. God becoming man. We call that the incarnation. It was Martin Luther who called it the enfleshment. I like that. The enfleshment. That God took on flesh. There's this one guy by the name of J. Robert Oppenheimer, and he said the best way to send an idea is to wrap it in a person. The best way to send an idea is to wrap it in a person. So what we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is we have royalty clothed in rags. Majesty emerging in the midst of the mundane. Eternity stepping into time. And the most prominent event of all of history being noticed by no one but a handful of outcasts. Look at verse 12 in your Bibles. And this is a sign you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a feeding trough. Lying in a feeding trough. Very interesting. Isn't this just like God? The first to hear the great message of the good news. Isn't this just like God? The first to hear the great message of the good news is the lowest in culture, is the lowest in society and life. 
God comes to the lowest first. Would you not think, probably us, we might go to the president, go to the king, go to an ambassador to bring this great news? No, God goes to shepherds. Why? Why did God do it this way? Well, I think, listen, God wanted to be clear. Saints, listen. God wanted to be clear that his love does not discriminate based on class, wealth, or social standing. God does not respect kings more than hourly workers. God does not value priests and pastors more than people in the pews. God does not show favoritism. God does not have preferential treatment for one group over another. Every man must come to Christ the same way. I don't care who you are or where you're from, how much money you have or how much money you don't have. We all come to God on the same basis. Aren't you happy about that? We all come to God. Otherwise, you know, if, 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 if only the rich could be saved, well, then only the rich would be saved because they're the only ones who could afford it. But God didn't make it that way. Everybody must come by faith in Jesus and faith alone. We got to move forward. Point number four, the shepherd's revelation of peace. Notice in verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel. Are you looking at verse 13 and 14? If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of angels. I mean, stop and think about that. The shepherds are already freaked out. They already are freaked out. They're freaked out because they're talking to one angel. And then all of a sudden, listen, the implication is all of a sudden the lights come on and there is a multitude of angels. It's almost like this. You know, like if you go to a show, like a Broadway show or stage performance or whatever, and there's a person in the middle of stage and the lights are on them and they're singing or they're performing or whatever it is they're doing. And then all of a sudden, have you ever seen this? All of a sudden at the right time, at the right place in the song or whatever it might be, all of a sudden the lights come up in the back and there's like this huge orchestra in the back. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? There's like this huge orchestra in the back. That's kind of how it was for the shepherds. They're standing there talking to the angel. They're already freaked out because they're talking to one angel. And then all of a sudden the Bible says that there is a multitude. When the Bible uses the word multitude in the Greek language, it is implying that it is ten thousands of ten thousands of angels. And they're probably talking to the angel and all of a sudden the lights come on and they see all of these angels like, whoa, man, that's creepy. They're freaked out. And these angels, notice the Bible tells us right about verse 14, they're saying glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill toward men. Man, if I'd have been there, I would have dropped dead from a coronary. I mean, seriously, just boom, dead. I mean, this is crazy. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Man, we can, I think we can understand glory to God in the highest, but I think, uh, I think we're still waiting for peace on earth to all men. Still waiting for that. I don't know. For the Christian, I think for the Christian, we have a certain level of peace, peace in our heart. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall rule your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have a peace. There is a, even in the midst of turmoil, this is for someone, in the midst of turmoil, there is a quiet confidence 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? That God is going to come through for you. That God will answer you. That God will help you. That's what we get when we become Christians. We get the peace of God, which passes understanding, will rule your hearts and minds. Now, if you don't know God, then you need to make your peace with God. You see the difference. You need to make your peace with God if you don't know God. But when you come to know God, he fills you with his Holy Spirit. And you have the peace of God. Peace with God, then the peace of God. So these angels, they come with that message, peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15 and 16, the shepherds receive point number five. Notice the angels disappear and the shepherds look at each other and they say, let's go. Did you get this? They don't sing a song like Mary. They don't need a star. They don't go and try to find Herod. They don't go Christmas shopping. They say, let's go. And they do go and they do find. Write that down. They say, let's go. And they do go and they do find. Do you realize that knowing Christ and salvation is just that simple? You say, I'm going to go. And you go, and Jesus said, if you seek me, somebody help me, you will find me. It is that simple. They said, let's go. They do go, and they find. And when they got there, they found the baby laying in a manger, in a stable, in a barn. God brought Jesus into the world, and he brought him into the world in a very simple environment. Why did God do that? I think God, you know, think about it. This is the son of God. He, you know, we would, we would think he would be born in a palace. We would think he would be born in a place where kings are born. But God has the son of God born in a barn. Why? I think because God wants to send the message to us that God is approachable. You know, I went to Catholic school all my life, all my junior high, elementary, some of my high school years. And I remember, quite honestly, that the, the, the way that I understood Christ, it was like they took him away from us and put him back up somewhere. With all the liturgy and all the candles and all of the, uh, you know, learn our catechisms and we had our first confirmation and you had to go to confessional and, and you had to go through two people in order to get to God and all of the circumstances, what, what it actually does is it complicates the, uh, the, the, the pathway, it obstructs, that's what I'm looking for, it obstructs the pathway for people to come to know God. And people in church, not only in the Catholic church, listen to me, people in the church hinder people, do more harm for people coming to God than they do good. We do more harm than good. People want to come to God and they come to Christ simply. Saints, don't get that confused. People are like, well, I got to go to church. A lot of people think in order to go to church, they have to dress a certain way. Now, where did they get that from? They think if they go to church, you know, you have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to, uh, and don't forget to bring your check. People tell me all the time, Pastor, you forgot to take up an offering. I don't know why I didn't forget to take up an offering. We don't take up an offering. Why? 
And you know you're shocked when you go, wah! <laughs> Y'all don't take them an offering. I've had people ask me, well, how do you pay the bills? I said, I don't. What? <laughs> I don't pay the bills. You don't pay the bills? No. How do you get them paid? Jesus pays the bills. What? <laughs> he really does. He really does. God does take care. But we do more to obstruct the pathway for people to come to Christ. This was Jesus' problem with the Pharisees and the scribes. Don't you understand? They were complicating things and adding to the law and adding to the law and adding to the law. And before you know it, nobody knows how to come to Christ, even if they wanted to come to Christ. They don't know how because we've complicated things. We need to simplify things. People want to come to God. Let them come just as they are because you came just as you was. I know that's bad grammar. (laughs) Just as you were. You came just as you are. We come just as we are. Now, God loves us too much to leave us that way. Hmm? But we come just as we are. And then God, by his Holy Spirit, will do the changing. God, I I honestly believe he brought Jesus into the world, into a barn, because it's a declaration, it's a message to everyone that God is approachable, and you can come, anybody, just as you are. Point number six, got to move forward. The shepherds recount it. Look at verse 17 and verse 18. The shepherds are out telling people. They're saying, listen, 10,000 angels just told us, we found the king of the universe, we found the Messiah, we found Yahweh, the Redeemer. And people asking them, Where is he? And they say, well, he's in a stone feeding trough. People are like, someone is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) You mean the savior of the world is in a barn? In a stone feeding trough? Yeah, but they're out sharing. They're out telling people and recounting the story. One question, we move on. Do we take the gospel and share it with other people? When's the last time, listen, I want you to think about this. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When's the last time? Yesterday. Good. Sister. <laughs> good. Really, really good. Because we need to be telling people about Jesus. We need to be taking the opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Point number seven. The shepherds rejoice in verse 20. Go ahead and look at it. The shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. And then finally, final point number eight, the shepherds returned. Notice the shepherds returned in verse 20. You see it? Return to what? Where? Listen, they returned to, listen, they returned to work. They went back to raising sheep. And I'm sure that if there were any shepherds who had not, maybe they didn't come to work that day, and they didn't see what happened, and they didn't hear the angels and see the multitude, if there were a shepherd there that hadn't seen it, I'm sure these shepherds told them all about it. They shared Christ at work. So when's the last time you shared Christ? When's the last time you shared them at work? I mean, most of us have a J-O-B. Some of us need to continue to look, get a job. But most of us have a job. 
When's the last time you shared Christ at work? When's the last time you shared Christ with your neighbor? When's the last time you shared Christ in your home? That's so important. And people are, oh, Pastor Rodney, you know, next time you go to India, I really want to go because I want to go and help you tell people about Jesus. And I want to go share the gospel in India. I'm like, well, that's great. But, um, you know, hey, have you, have you, have you shared Christ with, with your person in the cubicle next to you at work? Uh, no. Uh, have you shared Christ uh, with, with your neighbors? Have you told your neighbors? Your neighbors are you a Christian? You told your neighbors about Christ? Uh, No. Uh, have you told your family members about Christ? I mean, do your, does your wife even know you're a Christian? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, wait a minute now. You mean you want to go to the other side of the world to tell people about Jesus, and you can't tell people about Jesus on the other side of the street? That doesn't make sense. We need to share the gospel, and we need to figure out ways to be creative in sharing the gospel. You know what? Honestly, guys, I try as hard as I can to take every opportunity that I can to share the gospel with anyone I can, wherever I am. The guy came over the other day. I was telling him second for the, the pest control guy. Came over to spray. Hey, how you doing? Great. I'm here to kill the bugs and uh, kill all those vermins and mouses. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, good. Okay, great, 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 great. And I'm standing there thinking, okay, Lord, now how can I segue right into sharing the gospel with the pest control guy? And uh, so uh, I don't know. It was just kind of awkward. I was thinking, okay, let me think how I can make a good like, connection between killing the mice and knowing Jesus, <laughs> you know, it's kind of awkward. And I'm like, um, yeah, so um, you're here to kill the mice, huh? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm here to kill. I'm like, you know, um, you know, you're going to die someday. You know, <laughs> like that was weird. That was weird. It was weird. It was really, really awkward. It was really weird. And, uh, but the Lord knew I was just trying. That's all. I mean, hey, I was giving it a shot. Better I give it a shot and look like an idiot than not. You know what I mean? And, and I can be, I read, you know what? I don't mind. Can I get a witness? I don't mind being a fool for Christ. Can somebody clap their hands? I don't mind being a fool for Christ. It's okay. And I wind up just sharing a little bit about the Lord with him. And, you know, he went on his way. And I'm sure that uh, he'll probably send someone else for the next <laughs> little spraying. But we need to be taking the gospel to the world. And in the world that we live in, listen, did you hear about the story where the guy in Illinois walked into a church and began to shoot people? This is not a fairy tale. This really happened last Sunday. Anybody hear that story? Anybody? Okay, pretty much everyone. A guy walks in and just begins to shoot people, and he shot and killed the pastor of that church last Sunday. And I woke up this morning, and I honestly was just so uh, sad because I thought about that church. This is a hard day for them today. 
Maybe some people didn't even come to church because they just can't handle the, tr- the, the traumatic memory. So they didn't even come to church today, some people. And for some people who did come to church, it's very difficult. If they had church, I don't know. But people just, the day in which we live, walk in the church. Have you ever heard of this kind of thing happening? Some years ago, a pastor friend of mine, a Calvary Chapel pastor in Florida, obviously preaching from the pulpit. Some of y'all know who I'm talking about. Preaching from the pulpit says something that this person didn't like. This guy was like a few fries short of a Happy Meal or something. I don't know. Came up to the pastor. Oh, I'd like to talk to you about this. Can we step into a side room? I have a really private issue. I'd like to talk to you about it. Pastor's like, sure, sure, let's go. They stepped into a side room and the guy began to beat him. And he beat him pretty badly. This is a Calvary Chapel pastor. True. Beat him badly. And by the time, I guess, the elders in the past, whoever heard, got in the room and got the guy off of him. We live in some really, really interesting times. And all the more, we, we need to be telling people about the goodness of God because I believe that these kinds of things are a sign of the end times. I believe these kinds of things are the things that Jesus is telling us will be. Men will call wrong right and right wrong. Men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Unthankful, unholy, disrespectful to parents. These are the signs of the end times. And all the more we need to be praying. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.